today, this podcast is brought to you by Adam Seabold. No sponsors yet, so this is all sponsored by me. If you have any digital marketing needs, reach out. Uh, digital marketing expert, media buyer on Google Ads and Facebook, and Snap, on display media. So feel free to reach out and uh, if you have any needs, specify out what you need and I'm sure to help. So today's podcast is about automated bidding. So it is Sunday and yes, we are watching the players. And right now we're going to spend some quality time talking about, you guessed it, the one and the only Attribution, no, I'm not playing, not, not attribution. We're going to be talking about automated bidding on platforms. So what I mean by the platforms, I mean, obviously, Google, Facebook, you know the deal, those guys. Um, why this subject is important is actually to, I think, see more value out of our time as strategists and how we're actually building our clients or how the clients are getting the best out of us. Um and the big thing for me has always been uh, control over these platforms and control over the bidding, right? So if you're listening to this podcast, I am assuming you understand the basic functions of real-time bidding on Google Ads, Facebook Ads, Twitter, your DSPs. We're not going to get into like shade bidding, second price bidding, none of that stuff. I'm not not going to get technical here. Uh, I'm actually going on the very far side, left of uh, technical. I'm going on the basic going on how can we get the most out of the platforms while not using uh, some fancy algorithm or machine learning um, or AI, quote-unquote, you know, that AI is really machine learning, um, added on top of the platforms, but utilizing machine learning that is within the platforms themselves. So that's what I feel like us as strategists and as media buyers, as people who specialize in PPC, need to spend our time on, not just on hey, I need to get my CPC from you know, 20 cents down to 15 cents. I think a lot of time the pressure that's building is on us as strategists to get more out of the platforms that we're using. And by more, what I mean by that is obviously, depending on your client, more clicks, right? More traffic to my website, more purchases, more leads, more revenue coming in through the door, either through the website itself or just straight to the business. And I used to be a big proponent of the fact that if you wanted to get more, if you wanted more revenue, if you wanted more leads, that the only way to do that was through controlling your bids. That the fact was that, you know, if you turned over the reins to Google and you said, okay, Google, Facebook, you know what, actually, I'm going to allow you to decide my bidding for me instead of me as the, the strategist controlling my bidding. I thought that was uh, always a, a wrong decision. Um, because that would always just lead to increased prices, increased cost to actually achieve the goals that you're trying to go out to, to achieve, and you're pretty much giving up that control to Google, which to me is always very dangerous, right? Like, I don't think anybody anybody in digital marketing thinks giving publishers more control over than the, what the advertiser has is, is a great idea. I think that's always uh, a bad idea in, in practice and in nature, but uh, I think right now this is actually something that I'm changing my opinion on, is the fact that we actually do need to give up that control to you know, Facebook and Google uh, to a certain extent. So for me, it was actually, I, I tried it with a, a brand campaign on, on uh, for one of my clients uh, on Google. And, uh, you know, historically, I've shown great wins with the account and, and my, uh, I guess, my winning formula 
my winning statement has always been the fact that uh, every single year, looking at it quarter over quarter or month over month, the CPCs have always been declining and the conversion volume stays the same or increases, right? Which anybody in PPC or search engine marketing knows, that's a good conversation, right? If I'm increasing or controlling or maintaining your conversion volume while getting your cost to actually drive people to the website down, like 20%, 15%, it's a good, that's a good equation, right? It's a good thing to sell on. It's a good thing to conversation have with your clients. That's what we feel like they're paying us for. So for me, it was it was kind of a change and a, a little bit of a risk to say, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to give up control of that that campaign that performs so well. Obviously, it's brand. So we all know how it plays in Last Touch, um, even though they're not on Last Touch anymore, but still, uh, we know how that story kind of goes. Um, brand always is that kind of Last Touch place before we see a lot of those conversions. So it always gets a lot of value there. Um, but, uh, the thing that I said was, okay, you know what, really the thing they need more out of me, uh, and out of their programs is more leads. That's what they needed. They didn't need a lower cost per click. They didn't need their CPA to be the lowest it's ever been. What they need is just more leads, right? They're, they were in a situation, they still are in a situation of just needing more volume that could lead to more revenue and for the business. And that was way more important than, you know what, instead of having a $20 CPA, what if we had a, a 20 $5 CPA, and we can increase by about 40%. Look, that type of thinking, and, and that's actually what was achieved by switching from that enhanced CPC, that manual CPC with a, the extra Hulk, uh, increase your CPC last second to get more out of uh, an individual that is deemed high value, switching from that to switching towards max conversions bidding, which I could be upfront with, CPC doubled. It did. So obviously with my controlling of the bids, we got it really low. Adding more negatives, controlling that bid max, it, it worked really well for us uh, with different factors we had in place. So obviously switching off of that, it kind of just went to doubling, which not fun, but we increased conversions 40%. So if you think about it, uh, and again, this is not a one-size-fits-all, but uh, at least for us specifically, it was, it was a trade-off that was worth it, right? Uh, what we saw was the fact that we increase volume by uh, by making that switch as opposed to just staying with the way that we're going. And more interesting, interestingly, the actual amount of unique search terms that we were showing up for actually increased by 6x. Yeah, which is kind of crazy to think about, right? So the amount of actual opportunities that we had to show up increased 6x, and the amount of crunch volume that we had uh, went up by 40%. So again, you know, obviously why we didn't have all those opportunities previously was we were controlling that bid and we were making it as low as possible uh, instead of just trying to get as much, trying to get as many impressions as possible that would lead to valuable impressions that would lead to um, conversions. So that's, I think, something within the back end of the system that uh, is obviously very valuable on Google. So for me, it's actually been recent, that, that kind of change in trust when it comes to Google. Uh, having that kind of background has, has led me to believe, okay, you know what, this is a good time uh, in the space to start switching over to trusting Google more uh, instead of just saying, okay, you know what, I need to control my bids and you know screw screw the, the automation, the AI, I, I'm, I'm the AI, right? They're paying me, the client's paying me, they're not paying Google for the AI. So um, trying to get away from that, that mindset and getting more to the mindset of that these platforms are, especially Google's with max conversions, is actually achieving the goal that you're you're going after. So if you need to maximize conversions, definitely has worked. It's worked for me, and it's something that I'm bought into, and have starting to include across across all my campaigns. Quite honestly, and it's shown pretty good results so far. 
so from that standpoint, it hasn't really led to a, a major uh, change uh, back over to enhance CPC on that brand campaign for one. And, and honestly, I don't know if I'll ever see myself going back. And it uh, it's also makes it way more interesting with the recent uh, investment from Google into Marin, how that really factors into the platform itself. Uh, the, the Google ads UI platform, uh, not necessarily Marin's, but how that value actually gets transferred over to Marin as opposed to just using, utilizing the UI platforms, which incur no additional cost. Which obviously, if anybody, again, if you're an SEM, you know the additional cost that gets incurred if you're using a Kenshu or a Marin as your, your bidding platform as opposed to just utilizing the actual native app platforms themselves. And obviously, if you're you're a big advertiser on Bing, if you're a big advertiser on Amazon, there's some additional benefits of using a platform like Kenshu. Uh, unification of data is obviously really important when it comes to Kenshu with the amount of different ad networks that they're pulling in from. Obviously, Facebook, Snap, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all of it going through that one unification point can be very uh, very attractive to certain advertisers, um, certain agencies, certain buyers um, to have that instead of just util- utilizing the native UIs. Um, so, again, that's why I think you know, utilizing this kind of AI, this kind of machine learning in the platforms is really interesting uh, as opposed to obviously something that's been available for a while in, in Marin or, or Kenshu uh, and now in having that just natively for no additional cost. Uh, I think it also becomes an interesting point when it comes to at least the agency world or obviously if a, if a advertiser is big enough where they have their own license with those platforms, it becomes interesting, right? What's that, what's that additional value that you're getting out of a Kenshu? time savings if you're an agency right now instead of having you have that one that one point of quote-unquote optimization or that one unification point as opposed to the utilization of you know five six eight different uh, native platforms obviously that can be a very attractive situation for for time savings but you know what what do you actually get out of the platforms now uh, that you can get out of the, the native platforms for free I think that's a, a really big question that, that I think the platforms themselves are going to have to answer. But I think obviously us as um, as us as uh, buyers, it becomes very uh, attractive to use what's in the platforms themselves as your first stopping point, as opposed to just automatically needing something like a Marin or a Kenshu uh, right out the gate. And I think one of the biggest pieces of, of feedback or negative criticism you'll hear about the automated automated bidding tools on Google specifically is that it doesn't work, right? That uh, if I try to set my target CPA $5 below what, you know, it's historically, the next thing I know, everything starts slowing down and I don't get any traffic. and I'm not getting my conversions that I used to the same volume. Uh, and that's because obviously if you set your, your target too low, uh, Google's going to try to accommodate for that, right? Like if, if, they need to start spending less to achieve your CPA goal. That's just what's going to happen. It's not going to be a situation that uh, Google is obviously going to all of a sudden start getting you more for less. Um, the price is what the price is in terms of you know how your website performs in terms of the keywords that you're bidding on. Um, so that's the like one thing I always hear is like it, you know it just didn't work. And I feel like it does work if you set realistic expectations for. Um, that you're trying to achieve. So if you're not saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to turn over automated bidding and the next thing you know, I'm going to 
increase my conversion volume by 20% and I'm going to drop my CPA by 50%. Uh, as long as you don't go there, I think you're in a good headspace. So making sure that you maintain that headspace within Google when you're actually thinking about switching over to automated bidding is really important. So if uh, a lot of these duties of, of bidding are going to be moved over to an automated platform or algorithm, where does that time go, right? Because uh, obviously that time has to go somewhere if you're in these platforms. And for me, I think the, the big thing that I would always push for is it's optimization of your account structure. So if you're thinking of, of Google specifically, since that's pretty much what we've talked about right now uh, so far, um, is the fact that you would want to make sure that your, your ad groups are as clear, clear and clean as possible. If, if you obviously are using more of a um, old school, broad, modified phrase and exact match uh, single keyword ad group, then that might need a change moving forward and it's automated bidding, right? Because if you're having three keywords that can launch the same bid, that doesn't really make much sense uh, anymore. So I think there's really two ways to go. Uh, for me, it's all about single key, single search term ad groups. If I'm one to buy on a single on some what some on a variation of what somebody is looking for, uh, I want to make sure that you know set that up properly. Uh, so for me, it's like if I let's say I have uh, the brand name as as a keyword, what I typically do, typically do is have one that is exact match, right? So if somebody looks exactly for that brand name, they're just going to go through that one ad group. Versus if there's a variation of that search, right? Brand name in X Y Z city call XYZ brand now, uh, sale at XYZ brand. I think those kind of variations, I typically push them into a different ad group. So making sure that it makes a lot of sense and we can have an ad that speaks to what the intent is, right? If they're trying to call, if they're looking for a sale, if they're looking to buy or customer service, which if it's customer service, you might want to negate it out. But um, <clears throat> either way, you want to make sure that your ad groups speak to what exactly people are looking for. So that's where I think the time needs to go. So it's moving away from uh, utilization of that time towards optimization of a bid to more now obviously optimi optimization of the ad group and the ad copy and your keyword structure within there to make sure that you're getting the most out of these optimization tools uh, available to us as advertisers. So I think it's a really cool time to be uh, in search engine marketing with Google's uh, platform, uh, native platform, and the tools they give to us because I think there's a lot of benefits that we get out of it that you don't necessarily necessarily need to go straight to a larger add-on on top of it. Facebook even offers the same kind of outcome-orientated based bidding, but it comes with a catch, right? You have to use the Facebook pixel, which if you're already tracking a lot of you know the transactions on your site or purchases or um, same thing there, Adam, that was really smart, <laughs> or conversions. Um, so if on any kind of leads that might be coming through the site or any kind of events that are fired off, if you're already utilizing that data, you can then utilize that data as well for your bidding. So instead of just manually setting a bid or maybe saying automatic bid for like, I don't know, clicks to the website, whatnot, um, obviously it kind of goes with the objective that you're choosing. But if you're choosing to, to advertise on Facebook for an action, so you're more direct response as opposed to brand awareness, uh, obviously utilization of that data to then put that towards Facebook's algorithm and machine learning to get the best results and the best bidding. It's also, I've seen it work better than just set, manually setting a bid, so... My recommendation always for Facebook is to kind of follow their guidelines uh, to to a certain extent. I think I think there's been a lot of uh, advancements with their platform lately, which has helped with a lot of uh, not only the bidding but also the ad set creation. 
it used to be very uh, analysis for all way school, old school way of doing it, uh, which was heavy segmentation of your ad sets that would be for different placements or for different platforms or devices because the creative looks so different across them that you needed to optimize for it. But now, with how the platform is actually use, using is utilized, um, that's not really needed anymore. So really just having one, two, three good assets and layering that into you an asset or an ad set um, that can be run across multiple placements and then optimizing for a specific goal in this case. So I would recommend very much always conversions. Uh, even that conversion is an event on the site, right? You can tag it as a conversion and then tells, tell Facebook's algorithm uh, to look for that as the main bidding source. <clears throat> Taking that approach has always been working the best lately. Um, so instead of having that super micro focused in uh, ad set segmentation within your your uh, particular campaigns, my recommendation is always to start testing and playing around with uh, more of the internal testing on the within the campaigns themselves. So like A/B uh, testing different creative amongst an, an audience. So you might have a you know third A remarketing audience. And you want to test out for a sale that you're having, uh, you know, if they saw this ad versus this ad, how is that response rate? So you can actually split it up, split up your audience to say, okay, a, audience A, audience A uh, gets this, and audience B gets this. Uh, so that is something that is, I think, way more important, way better use of your time with Facebook is actually setting up those kind of tests, having those A/B tests running, as opposed to focusing in on super hyper segmentation within your ad set. When quite honestly, they're their machine learning and AI is working very, very well. Uh, having kind of like that bulk uh, audience, uh, excuse me, not audience, but that bulk ad placement setting on there and then bidding for an outcome. So if you do both of those things, uh, quite honestly, it's been working very well and there's no need to, to really kind of go against that as of right now because in terms of where we're at, it's what's working. So go for it. All right, so thanks to everybody who's made it this far in. I'm going to try to make this more of a weekly thing uh, where I get on here and uh, get to spread some knowledge on the important things that are happening in digital marketing. So uh, feel free if you have uh, different ideas or different thoughts that you'd like me to talk, touch on or talk about or bring even guests on. Uh, feel free to, to give me those ideas on, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn or even on my Twitter handle at Adam Siebold. So, uh, if you know how to spell my last name, cool. You know how to find it easily. If not, check out the handle on this podcast to see if, uh, we're not necessarily on this podcast, but on where you found this podcast and, uh, I'm sure you'll be able to figure out how to, to find me. So make sure to at me, make sure to tag me in, uh, any kind of suggestions you have and, uh, please also provide feedback. If you guys like this stuff, make sure to share it. If you do uh, have some additional feedback you'd like to give, feel free. I'm all here. So uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, on to the next one.